So we have a special treat today. We're in a series, as many of you know, uh, on discerning the will of God. Uh, Rich today is preaching at a, uh, a church, a friend church of ours. Uh, so he's away this weekend. But we have a, a special guest, uh, Kelvin Walker. Some of you know him. Uh, Kelvin actually uh, served on our staff brief time, part time, uh, a number of years ago uh, around the area of worship. And Kelvin's been a pastor for whew, a long time from Pennsylvania to here in uh, New York, New Jersey. But he's actually presently just had a big transition in his own life uh, into becoming uh, what's called independent of the Metropolitan District. He's actually now overseeing 118 churches uh, for the Christian Missionary Alliance. He's a district superintendent. It's quite a big shift, quite a big role. And uh, so he's married, has six children, married to Donnie with six kids. He gets a blessing just for that, just to, God bless you. It's amazing. And uh, so it's a real privilege to have you here, Kelvin. Welcome. Let's give him a good New, Li- New York, New Life Fellowship. Welcome. Whether you are here in the uh, building, in the sanctuary, or whether you are joining by live stream today, I want to say good morning. It is good back to be here back at New Life uh, my years here uh, serving part-time on staff were wonderful years, and my family enjoyed coming here with, us, with me as we worshiped here together, and it is good to be here with you today. In this series that uh, you're in uh, on discernment, uh, there seems to be uh, uh, two foundational questions dealing with discernment. The, the, the first one being, what do you think Jesus is saying to you at this point in your life in the context of the challenges and opportunities you're facing? The second one being this, what are the indicators? What indicators give you some measure of confidence that it is indeed Jesus speaking to you rather than someone or something else. Those questions are foundational. I think about the uh, comedian Lily Tomlin, uh, who, who, who says this, when we are speaking uh, to God, when we talk about speaking to God, we are seen as, uh, as praying. We're praying. But when we talk about God speaking to us, we're seen as schizophrenic. What is that all about? I think it's because we have this belief that God doesn't speak anymore. And today, I want to let you know that God still speaks, and he wants to speak to us, because he wants us to know his will. He wants us to know his way. He wants us to know his voice. Uh, Pastor Rich has made the, uh, the foundation here. How do we make decisions when we're discerning? We, are time, we tend to be two kinds of people. We're always uh, discerning, but never deciding, or maybe we're always deciding, but never discerning. But what God is calling us to be are people who decide from a place of discernment, people who decide from a place of discernment. There are uh, some foundational definitions that he has used on discernment is to make a distinction between the voice of Jesus and those competing voices that invariably speak in our hearts and minds. And discernment is good judgment, wisdom, and the ability to distinguish between the sound and the unsound, the true and the false, the good and the bad, and also better from merely the good. Discernment. We all have situations and places where we need to discern, where we need to know God's will. Let me give you some scenarios that might connect with you. Just listen. This one connects with me because my wife and I are actually in this process right now. I I like this house. It's so much more than I've ever had before. I think it might be from the Lord. I need discernment. 
We're about to move and try and figure out where's the best place for us to be. We need discernment. Maybe this is you. Got a new job offer today. It comes with pretty decent pay, but they want an answer right away. I need discernment. Maybe this is you. Could this possibly be the one? Has the future with my boo begun? Do I call you bae or do I call you hun? I need discernment. Maybe this is you. This is not what I've been taught. It sounds a bit different, but it doesn't sound off. Can you help me so I'm not lost? I need discernment. A home, a job, a boo, clarity on teaching. Or maybe it's about educational choices or clarity amidst all of life's competing voices that are crowding in. Whatever the case may be, we all have moments in our lives where we need to discern the voice of God. And as we discover and will discover in this series, there are uh, several things that happen in this process of discernment. My task today is to talk about involving community in the discovering of God's will, involving wise counsel. There are all kinds of voices out there. Are they wise voices? There are all kinds of people who want to speak into our lives. Are they wise voices speaking into our lives? The role of community. These are important components to discerning the process because we don't want to be discerning but never deciding. We don't want to be deciding but never discerning. We want to be people who invite wise counsel so we can decide from a place of discernment. And so as I do, I want want you to follow uh, my lead here today. I'm going to ask you to be interactive. There are going to be some things I'm asking you to repeat after me. Uh, Right now, as I point to you, you point back to me and then point where I'm pointing. Uh, Would you just repeat after me these words that are on the screen? I need you. You need me. We need him. Let's say that again. I need you. You need me. We need him. Because it's hard to discern in isolation. We need community. And for our text today, we want to look at Acts chapter 15. We'll be reading verses 27 to 32. But let me give you some background so you know where we're going and you know uh, what's been happening in the text. The gospel is spreading and it has left Jerusalem because of persecution and it is now going all throughout the region. One of the places it's gone is to Antioch where there are a number of people who are coming to faith in Christ from a Gentile background. They're not coming from a Jewish background. God is at work in all peoples, but the people in Jerusalem are having an issue with it. How can it be that these people are coming to faith in Christ? How can it be that these people are walking with Jesus? How can it be that something's going on in them? They're not even circumcised. They don't follow the law of Moses. I have no problem with them coming in, but if they're going to come in, they need to be circumcised. They need to look like us. They need to act like us. They need to talk like us. They need to think like us. They need to understand like us. And there's this argument and this clash that's going on because of the reports that are coming back to Jerusalem from Antioch. 
And so there's a delegation from Antioch that actually goes up to Jerusalem and meets with the church. They call it the Jerusalem Council. We need to talk about this. We need to look at this. We need to understand this. And as they are there, this argument back and forth is going on. And finally, the Apostle Peter stands up and he gives a word, a discerning word, in the midst of this conversation that brings clarity and insight in such a way that when Paul and Barnabas and James begin to speak, the people are prepared for it. And as they meet together, they come to an understanding and a conclusion of what God is saying in the midst of it. We can't put these laws on these people because they're not meant for them, but they are part of us. And in in return, for this group of people, understand that what you're coming into, there are some things that you have to forsake. It works together. And they come to a place where there is understanding. They're excited about where God has brought them. They write a letter, send it back to Antioch, but they send also two people to go along, Judas and Silas, because they wanted it to be a witness going along with the letter that this is not just something that was written up. We were there. We bear witness to this is the will of God. This is the mind of God. And that's what we want to pick up today. As we look at the passage, Acts chapter 15, verses 27 to 32, says this. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who themselves will tell you the same thing by word of mouth. For it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements, that you abstain from what has been sacrificed to idols and from blood and from what has been strangled and from sexual immorality. If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. And then they sign off, farewell. Then it continues on. So when they, then when they were sent off, they went down to Antioch, and having gathered the congregation together, they delivered the letter. And when they had read it, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. They met. They sought counsel. They heard from God. They wrote it down. They took it to the church at Antioch. And then there was much rejoicing because they had heard from the Lord. As I look at this passage, I look at the the context of this passage, there's a question that comes to mind in thinking about community when it comes to God's uh, discerning God's voice. Why would God choose to use community as an important part of discerning his will. I mean, if God speaks today, and he does, and he wants to speak to me, and he does, why would community play a part in that? Why would community be so important? So I look at the text, I see see three reasons here why God would choose to use community in, in the, in, as an important part of discerning his will. The first is this. Community helps us address our blind spots in the discerning process. Community helps us address our blind spots in the discerning pro- process. We all have blind spots. We all have places we can't see. We all have presuppositions that we don't understand or even realize we bring to the table. We all have biases that sometimes trip us up in being able to hear what God is saying. This is what was going on 
in this, the Council of Jerusalem here. And Peter, as I said, stands up and as he speaks to the council, he exposes their biases. Let me read from Acts 15, verses 6 through 12, so you see what I mean. It says, the apostles and the elders were gathered together to consider this matter. And after there had been much debate, Peter stood up and said to them, brothers, you, that in the early, you, you know that in the early days God made a choice among you that by mouth the Gentiles should hear the word of the gospel and believe. And God, who knows the heart, bore witness to them by giving them the Holy Spirit just as he did to us. And he made no distinction between us and them, having cleansed their hearts by faith. Now, therefore, why are you putting God to the test by placing a yoke on the neck of the disciples that neither our fathers nor we had been able to bear? But we believe that we will be saved through the grace of the Lord Jesus just as they will. And I love how verse 12 begins. It says this, and all the assembly fell silent. I'd like to submit to you there were two reasons why they might have fallen silent. Number one, because all of a sudden, wisdom had come forth. But the second reason might be, it's kind of like, oh man, you're in my face. You're reading my mail. You're telling me all my business. That ain't right. And yet they needed to hear. Peter exposed their blind spots. Where were their blind spots? They were saying to them, basically, your mindset is the classic us and them insider, outsider mindset. And you're missing that the gospel has no outsiders. Once you come to faith in Christ, you are in. He was exposing their blind spots. saying, your focus is on the outward sign of circumcision rather than recognizing God's sign of the inward transformation that's taken place because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit bears witness about what's going on with them just as the Holy Spirit will bear witness about what's going on with us. He's exposing their blind side. You're making demands that neither you nor our fathers were able to keep. You couldn't keep the law. You're circumcised and you couldn't keep the law. That's why Christ had to come. You're trying to add something extra to the grace that you have received from Jesus. And for you, it's all about making sure that if you're coming in, you got to look right, got to act right, got to think right, got to talk right, got to be right. And Peter reminds them, none of us were right. But Jesus made us right. So don't add stuff to what Jesus has already done. Blind spots. Blind spots. Pastor Pete just uh, uh, told you about the fact that, uh, that my wife and I have made this transition into this new, uh, this new position uh, in the district office. And I remember when I, was, uh, when I was asked if I would consider it or if I would uh, submit my name and my resume to the process, uh, one of the things I kept saying is, Lord, uh, I can't do this unless you give me vision. I can't do this just to do it. You've got you've to give me vision. And when I sensed that at the point that God was actually beginning to download vision for this position, uh, the, the, the only thing I kept hearing him say over and over again is, do I have your yes no matter what the outcome is? 
I said to him, yes. But I immediately gathered around me people of wisdom, good wisdom. I said, I need you to walk this journey with me because I know I have blind spots. I know there are things that I'm not seeing here that I need to be aware of. I know things, there are things I need to hear about myself and about this position that I can't just presuppose on. And I'm so thankful that through this whole journey, every step of the way, there were people walking with me. And believe me, they were not afraid to expose my blind spots <laughs> and tell me about the stuff I needed to be aware of. Kelvin, this is how you work. You can't work that way if you're going to do this. Kelvin, this is something that's going to need to change if you're going to be able to lead at this level. And everything in me was tempted to say, yo, please just, that's not what I asked you. Just tell me if God is saying yes. But I needed to know that because I needed to know what is it that the Lord wants to work on in me in order for me to be ready for this. Would you turn to your neighbor and would you say this to your neighbor? Neighbor, I have blind spots. That's why I need your help to discern God's will. Now that you know what I was asking you to say, say it with conviction. Neighbor, I have blind spots. That's why I need your help to discern God's will. Friends, we need community. Community addresses our blind spots. But second, God chooses to use community as an important part of discerning his will because community helps us hear the confirming voice of the Holy Spirit in the discerning process. Community helps us hear the confirming voice of the Holy Spirit in the discerning process. I love what uh, Acts 15, 28 says. As they have written this letter and they have sent Judas and, and, and Silas to go and speak to the leaders at Antioch, it says this, for it has seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us to lay on you no greater burden than these requirements. This is not just something we've come up with. This is not just something we've designed. This is not just a wish on our part. This is not just us saying, look, just give them this so we can be done with this. The Holy Spirit has spoken. And he has confirmed it in community. The Holy Spirit has spoken. He has confirmed it in community. Leading off with those words to people in Antioch, I would submit to you, their ears were open. Because I'm pretty sure that on their end, as all of this tension is going on and all of this discussion is going on, there is a question going on in their, in their mind. God, what is your will? Where is your voice? What are you saying? We want to know. And the people that came were not just people who were coming from Jerusalem, sent from over there with a letter. These were people who were trusted. These were people who were discerning. These were people who had wisdom. And so to hear them say, it seemed pleasing and good to the Holy Spirit and to us, 
to present this to you went a long way. I'm asking you to turn to your neighbor in one more time and say to your neighbor these words. Neighbor, I can't always hear him by myself. I need you to help me hear him. Say it one more time. Neighbor, I can't always hear him by myself. That's why I need you. Help me hear him. Community helps us address our blind spots. Community helps us hear the confirming voice of the Holy Spirit. Every step of the way, as my wife and I were transitioning in this, in this new season, as I sat with men and women who were praying with us, what, what, is, what is the Spirit saying? What do you sense the Spirit saying? And it was amazing to me how the Spirit confirmed his word in that process. And where there was what I would call division about what the Spirit was saying, we go back to prayer. Let's listen for his voice. And then when there were things that we were really clear on, we'd say, okay, this is what we know. I go back, my wife and I would sit down and say, okay, as, as we've been praying, this is what we know. This is what we already know the Spirit is saying. And when we came to that place where there was confirmation, there was such joy that came over us. Now, that, that doesn't mean that everything that the Spirit was saying was easy, but there was joy in the fact that God spoke, which leads to uh, the final thing. Community helps us address our blind spots. Community helps us hear the confirming voice of the Holy Spirit. And finally, God chooses to use community as an important part of discerning his will because community helps us celebrate the place of consolation in the discerning process. Community helps us celebrate the place of consolation in the discerning process process. Pastor Rich was talking about consolation and desolation last week. They came to a place of consolation here. Let me just remind you of, of what, what happens when we're in, the, in our consolations. When, in our consolations, our focus is directed outside and beyond ourselves. Peter's talk to the council at Jerusalem caused them to lift their eyes off of themselves and see the bigger picture of what God was doing in the kingdom. Consolation bonds us more closely to others. Can you imagine what was going on in Jerusalem and in Antioch as they have come to this place of hearing the voice of God, finding out we can be unified in this. Though we come from different places, God can bring unity and bring us together. Consolation generates new inspiration and ideas. What a, what a broadening opening up of what God was doing in the kingdom as they've come to this place of understanding what the voice of the Holy Spirit was saying. Consolation restores balance and refreshes, and, 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 um, uh, refreshes our inner, inner vision. Consolation shows us where God is active in our lives and where he's leading us and where he's active in the lives of others. Peter made it very clear. You think the Holy Spirit is only working in your life? You think the Holy Spirit is only exploding in Jerusalem? Do you think the Holy Spirit is only speaking to you? Friends, the gospel has gone out. And what you see in Antioch 
is just as good, if not greater, than what God is doing here. Let's celebrate that. Consolation releases new energy in us. They had come to a place of consolation. And then you read these words. And when they had read it, when they had read the letter that was sent, they rejoiced because of its encouragement. And Judas and Silas, who were themselves prophets, encouraged and strengthened the brothers with many words. So turn to your neighbor one more time and say, neighbor, neighbor. when God speaks, when God speaks rejoice, with me. rejoice with me. You've journeyed with me. Celebrate with me. Celebration is a big part of hearing the voice of God. That doesn't mean everything that the Lord says when you're discerning is going to be easy. But it's good to celebrate when he speaks. It's good to celebrate when you know his will. Because you know when you have discerned and you have decided based on what he has said, you can move forward. They were stuck. They were at an impasse. The church could not move forward in unity until they came to a place of understanding on this. So when God spoke and they got it, it was good to rejoice. We are now at a place of consolation. My wife and I had that same kind of thing. We were very much at a place of desolation because in this new pattern of life that the Lord was calling us to. One of the things we we really discerned was that he was saying, I want you to do things differently. I want you to be partnered and teamed together moving forward in this. From the time our youngest daughter was in school up until now, my wife worked. Then our kids started going to college and we really needed her to work. (laughs) And we still have a couple of them One's finishing up and one is just beginning. So college isn't over. And what we were discerning the Lord saying was, I want you to be teamed together. I want your wife to quit her job. Now, I'm the kind of person when it comes to finances, I will step out in faith as long as I can see it in the checkbook. My wife is the kind of person that I will step out in faith no matter what the checkbook says. Can you see our desolation? And so we got community together. And in that group was a couple who had walked the journey that we were about to walk. And here's what I I love. They didn't tell us what to do. They said, we're going to pray together. We're going to listen together. And as we prayed together, guess what started to show up? My blind spots. I'm the responsible one here. I don't want it. Kelvin, you're trusting in money. You're not trusting in the Lord. And they began to talk with us and pray with us. And as we prayed, God spoke even stronger. This was what he was saying. So we took the step of faith. And as we looked at our finances and knowing there was going to be a bit of a transition between when she stopped working and things started to kick in and we could get some things back in, in order that were, uh, made it manageable, we, we, we looked at it and we were, we were short of a certain amount, which to me was a significant 
amount. To her, it was like, is there anything too hard for God? No, there's nothing too hard for God. It's hard in the checkbook. That's the way I was looking at it. Huh? But we knew God was speaking, and he had confirmed it in community. So we moved forward rejoicing. I kid you not, only two weeks after that, we received a check out of the blue, unexpected, for the exact amount we would have been short. Now, I'm not telling you that so that you just go, you know. (laughs) But I'm saying God always confirms when he speaks. And he often does that in community. Community helps us address our blind spots. Community helps us hear the confirming voice of the Holy Spirit. Community helps us celebrate the places of isolation. I love uh, um, uh, gospel music, and I, I, like, I love the new gospel, but I like some of the old gospel. And one of the songs that I love is a song by Hezekiah Walker called I Need You to Survive. Here are the words. I need you. You need me. We're all a part of God's body. Stand with me. Agree with me. We're all a part of God's body. It is his will that every need be supplied. You are important to me. I need you to survive. As we talk about this topic of community, it's a reminder that we need each other to survive. We were not meant to walk this journey alone. We were not meant to try and figure it out on our own. And sometimes, as I'm speaking this, uh, maybe some of you are saying, yeah, but community doesn't always get it right. I've been in some messed up community, Kelvin. (laughs) You're right. In fact, I'd submit to you that this passage we're looking at showed some messed up community. But God can redeem our mess-ups and show us that they can be set-ups for the goodness of what he wants to do. So don't choose out. Choose in, because I can't do this by myself. I need the wisdom of someone else. So would you walk this journey with me? Because I need discernment. And as I close, I ask you this question. Where do you need community to help you discern the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life? right now. The worship team's coming, and as they come, uh, I'm reminded of this weekend and what it represents, and thinking about how community gave confirming words to Dr. King as he was leading the charge in the civil rights movement. And one of the songs that marked that movement was the song, My Living Shall Not Be In Vain. You wonder, is it worth it to invest in community and be community and help God and and be a part of God helping you discern in community? It's not in vain, friends. It's not in vain. Choose it. The song goes like this. If I can help somebody... As I pass along, if I can cheer somebody with a word or a song, 
If I can show somebody that he's traveling wrong, then my living shall not be in vain. But community's plural, so we sing it this way. If we can help somebody as we pass along, if we can cheer somebody with a word or a song, if we can show somebody that they're traveling wrong, then our living shall not be in vain. Then our living shall not be in vain. Then our living shall not be in vain. If we can help somebody as we pass along, then our living shall not be Choose into community, my friends. Let's all stand together. There's a verse in Psalm 32 that says, I will, God says this, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye upon you. But do not live like the horse or the mule who have no understanding but must be controlled by bit and brittle or they will not come to you. So it's a great verse. The Lord says, I'm going to guide you. I'm, I'm going to lead you. But don't be like a donkey or a, you know, stubborn like a mule that won't move. And that this whole series is about discerning the will of God. Now listen, when we come to Christ, inside of you is, uh, I'm, I'm going to just call it a God seed. I mean, God's got a Jesus inside of you. And there's a life that God has called you and crafted you and formed you to lead from when you were knit together in your mother's womb. Do you understand? You, you have a, a life that was meant to be lived in God. It's a, it's a God seed. And that... And so as we follow Jesus, the Holy Spirit's inside of you, there is something that is to come forth in your life. And there are uh, spirits and, and warfare. Of, there are things pulling you this way and pulling you that way. And, and, but God is seeking for that true God seed in you. There's no one like you on the face of the earth to actually come forth. But it's a, it's a daily listening to him, his voice, listening to wise counsel, not stupid counsel now, right? You, it's funny, it's a great story about Rehoboam, the son of Solomon, who's a young guy, became king, and he looked, for, he looked for counsel, and he had some wise people give him counsel, he ignored that, and he went to some of his friends and got counsel, it was a disaster, so it, but, but he, he really had a, he was headstrong, he was a mule and didn't want to listen, but one of the great gifts of being in a place like, you know, new life is we have all kinds of ages here, and a lot of wisdom, a lot of tremendous people here, uh, but all of us, and myself included, uh, today, this phase of my life, I too have something God's birthing in me for my next season, just like he is for you. 
And I've got pulls pulling me astray too. And I've got other voices, other pulls. And, and there's a, it's scary to say yes. It's just scary to step into the unknown. It feels very risky. What's going to happen? And Kelvin gave his own example of that. And it's just like Abraham going out into the unknown. And I suspect you are in a similar situation somewhere in your life today. And so this whole series about discerning the will of God. And so just, you know, this is why we have, we're a church, this is why we have uh, this Wednesday we launched the discipleship course, emotionally discipleship spirituality course. And we've got a few spots left. Some of you may want to join into that because we've got to connect you with some wise people. William's just telling me I sat with William in the front row here. And, you know, Kelvin's saying about, you know, I need you, you need me. And, and William says, Peter Roden, Peter Roden saved my life. It was the life of Peter Roden around him in a very critical season for a number of years that kept this guy on, that's he here, he's here today. We all need those kind of wise men and women around us at key junctures. And we don't have them, we end up in a bad place. So I love this Psalm of David, Psalm 32. God says, I will counsel you with my eye on you, but don't be like the horse or the mule who need a bit your stubbornness can be. So we're going to sing this song, Let Praise Arise, a wonderful song. And I I want to invite you to to trust him for what he's got for you. Because you can start out good and even go good for a while and end up in a bad place, like Solomon's son did and Solomon did himself. But let's us together as a a family, as a community, we need hope in God that he's going to be okay. And some of you are in a very tough spot today. Stay with Jesus. I can tell you this. He's with you. He's bringing you to a new place. So you can go to a new place with him. So let's offer the song to him. Let praise arise together. Say 
says do not be like the horse or the mule okay so Lord's seeking to direct you so we're going to pray in just a moment I'm going to invite the prayer teams to come on forward we've got the Lord's table there but I want to plead with you and I I want to plead with you young folk who are here you've got your whole life ahead of you and those who are middle aged who are here those who are a bit on the older side like myself who are here God's got you alive on earth for a, a reason and he, he, he has, he's birthing something out of you. But it's quite frightening to be faithful and to follow your own God calling. Because everyone else has got a plan for you. The culture has got a plan for you. To step out and say yes to Jesus at every step of the way, it is actually quite scary. And that's why the scripture says do, over and over again, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Because in the back of our mind, we hear this voice. It'll wreck your life if you say yes. It'll be a disaster. And God's taking you places to be with people in ways that you've never even dreamed. But it's a day by day of surrender and saying, okay, Lord. And that involves a whole lot of things that okay. It involves some relationships, some wise counsel, scripture, listening. And it's always a bit scary. And so the Lord says to you, don't be afraid. So we're going to close. And some of you need to surrender today and because you've shut down, you're closed off. You are a mule right now. And God is coming to you and he is speaking to you and he's inviting you to turn around and turn to him. But I want to tell you, he's got a good plan for you, a great plan for you. He loves you more than anybody on this planet could ever love you. And in surrender is where you actually find life. So we've got the prayer teams here, the Lord's tables here. Just come on forward for prayer. You may want to come and just repent or turn around and surrender yourself afresh to God. But let me close and I want to speak a blessing over you. So open up your hands like this towards heaven. And just receive now from, uh, from God as we close. And so may the Lord bless you and may the Lord keep you. And may the Lord's face shine on you. And may you feel the fire of his love for you by the Holy Spirit. And may the fire inside of you come alive again. And may your ears be opened and your eyes. And may you hear him and see him. And may God fill you with courage to rise up and follow him even though you don't know where it's quite going. And may your life be a blessing and a gift to everyone you touch this week and for the rest of your days. And may you marvel at what God's doing because you realize only God could have done this. So I bless you as you leave this place in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, amen. God bless you, everybody. Altar's open.